Hello, and welcome to The Promise of Discovery, a podcast where members and investigators at the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center talk about their research in intellectual and developmental disabilities. Good afternoon. My name is Elise McMillan, and I'm here today with Dr. Paul Newhouse, a geriatric psychiatrist who is the director of the Center for Cognitive Medicine in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Hello, Paul. It's good to see you today. And I'm glad to be here, Elise. Thanks for being with us. Before we get into talking more about your research and specifically a a very exciting project we have to talk about. Tell me a little bit more about your position at Vanderbilt um, and how long you've been in this role, what a geriatric psychiatrist is. Right. So I came to Vanderbilt about 10 years ago uh, to set up a new center called the Center for Cognitive Medicine which is focused on understanding and treating the cognitive basis for neuropsychiatric disorders and symptoms. And as part of that work, uh, we focus on aging particularly and aging related conditions such as Alzheimer's disease or uh, late life depression, or in this case, uh, related to things like older adults with Down syndrome. And geriatrics is what I focus on clinically. So I treat older patients with uh, cognitive and memory disorders. And I work uh, very closely with my colleagues, both in the Department of Psychiatry, but also in other parts of Vanderbilt, such as the Department of Neurology with the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, for which I serve as the clinical core director. And I work with and collaborate on a number of other projects relating to aging and cognitive disorders. Thank you. How did you get interested specifically in this whole area of Down syndrome and Alzheimer's in this connection here? So one of the Uh, mysteries about Alzheimer's disease is what is driving the cellular damage and loss uh, and subsequent cognitive and memory problems, right? So we've been struggling as a field for the last 50 years, really, to understand this. And one of the clues that has emerged is an abnormal uh, amount of a protein called beta amyloid. And amyloid has the gene for it on chromosome 21, which is the same gene, same chromosome that is uh, a present in folks with Down syndrome with an extra copy. And so one of the things that we've known for a long time is that folks with uh, Down syndrome produce more of this protein than would be expected normally because they have this extra copy of the gene. And so we have become, and the field has become very interested in seeing if we can trace this process in older adults with Down syndrome, and then eventually intervene to hopefully prevent the excess accumulation of this protein 
which we think is one of the steps that leads to Alzheimer's disease in, uh, in all of us, but also particularly in our friends with Down syndrome. Before we talk about the current study, tell us about other work you have done in the area of Down syndrome. Well, so when I arrived here 10 years ago, um, I got persuaded that I should really get interested in working with uh, adults with Down syndrome. I, and uh, I collaborated with several investigators at the Kennedy Center, including Elizabeth Dykins and Sasha Key to do a pilot study of a, of a novel treatment for cognitive enhancement in older adults with Down syndrome, which had some small positive effects. Um, and uh, so that led us to be, continue to be interested in treating adults with Down syndrome. And so um, that kind of leads to where we are today. Great, thanks. So let's get right to talking about the project that will be that you are doing now and that, that we will get into in this podcast in um, possible um, folks who are interested participating. Mm -hmm. So the name of this project is the Trial Ready Cohort Down Syndrome Project. Could That's you tell right. us a little bit more about, it's not exactly a name that rolls off your tongue. Can you tell us more hey. about, about the project? How, sure. how it started your involvement. So uh, we like to call it TRAC-DS for short. Uh, TRC stands for Trial Ready Cohort, as you've said. And the goal of this study is to move from simply natural history to actually getting a group of individuals well characterized for an eventual therapeutic trial. And so the idea here is that we're going to recruit uh, and invite people who are over the age of 35 to participate in the first 18 months, which is simply to identify the biological uh, markers that could be relevant to Alzheimer's disease or dementia in these individuals later in life, and then a follow them over a period of time. And then at the end of that 18 months, essentially offer them the chance to participate in a uh, treatment or preventions trial. So this is being um, directed, uh, the study overall by uh, Dr. Mike Raffi, who is at the University of Southern California. Mike is a collaborator of ours. Um, and he has been uh, focused on Down syndrome, older adults for many years. Um, it's an outgrowth of several efforts uh, around the country and the world to understand how, our, uh, how does Down syndrome affect aging? And then what are the consequences of that for the brain? Um, so this is an international collaboration. It's taking place at 15 sites in the United States, uh, Great Britain, and Spain. So we have sites in London and a site in Barcelona in Spain, and 13 sites here in the United States. And so uh, each of us will uh, be enrolling individuals uh, who are over the age of 35 into this program. And I believe we are the, Vanderbilt is the first site to get up and going 
and uh, we are leading the way so far. Well, congratulations, especially in this time of pandemic. How, how do you do that during the during a pandemic? Yeah, this you're absolutely right, Elise. This is an enormous challenge to all of us who do clinical research. The past two years have been an unprecedented challenge uh, in my career, certainly. Um, we have, the way we have adapted this is we try to do as much as possible without patients having to come into the office. And so we do a lot of our uh, screening by video, by phone. We even do some of our testing by video. Not so easy to do with Down syndrome folks, but as much as possible, we do um, remotely using Zoom, using video conferencing, using uh, other modalities. And we try to minimize the impact uh, for those who have to come into the office. We're very careful with masking, with sanitizing, with keeping people safe. Uh, Vanderbilt has really done a great job in helping us do those things to continue our clinical research despite this, this ongoing pandemic. So understanding that things probably will change is, as hopefully we are coming out of the pandemic, what could I expect as it, after I apply to be part of this program? What could I, the person with the Down syndrome in my family expect? Could you right. walk us through maybe the first year of what would happen? Right. So when people join the program, um, they are evaluated in a very comprehensive way, top to bottom, medically, um, cognitively. We want to know how well they're uh, performing in terms of their daily life. We ask a lot of questions of them and their family member. We uh, test their cognitive abilities uh, to kind of get a baseline for how they're doing. We uh, also do a series of brain scans so we do several types of brain scans, including an MRI scan, which is a structural scan of the brain. And we also do several PET scans, which involve a, a radio tracer to allow us to detect these excess protein accumulations in the brain. So we do what are called amyloid PET and we do tau PET. So two different radio tracers. And then we are also inviting people to do even a third PET scan with a new PET radio tracer that we've developed here at Vanderbilt, but we can get into that in a few minutes. Uh, and then once those, uh, those tests are done at baseline, we also invite people to do a lumbar puncture if, if they wish, they don't have to, but we've had several people do uh, spinal taps uh, so far and it's gone very, very smoothly. Um, and then we basically follow them for the next year and we have them come back. We do telephone contacts uh, periodically about every three or four months. And then we see them back at uh, 16 months after the original uh, assessment. And we do some of those tests again. And then um, we then uh, invite them, we hope by that point, we'll be ready to launch our therapeutic trial as well. 
Okay, so now I have lots of questions based on what you, you, you just said. Sure. First of all, does any of what you just described invo involve like an overnight hospital stay? Is that all outpatient or how does that work? It's all outpatient. Uh, we have had people come from quite far distance, as far as New Orleans, actually, <clears throat> to Nashville, and we can help put people up uh, overnight if they need to stay overnight. But no, it's all done outpatient. We don't admit anyone to the hospital. Okay. And when you say covered, so there is some compensation for participating? There's compensation, exactly, um, and expenses. I can't um, tell you exactly off the top of my head what that is, but but we help with uh, compensation, absolutely. Yes. And we will, uh, at the end of this, we'll name a website where you can uh, get all that kind of information. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what we do hope comes after that initial period. Sure. So we're still in negotiations with a number of sponsors and, and there are several scientific discussions going on about what is the best approach for folks with Down syndrome to prevent these abnormal proteins from building up to the point where they start to affect brain function. <clears throat> so uh, the most obvious strategy might be some of the newer drugs that are being approved for Alzheimer's disease, which involve uh, giving an intravenous infusion. That's not necessarily what we will do, um, because there are some concerns about how practical that is and how acceptable that would be and what's the best safety profile for our friends with Down syndrome. Um, so, but we expect that by uh, about the two year mark, we'll be able to launch a prevention trial. And we would really think of it as a prevention study um, because we want to not just treat patients who already suffer from dementia, but we want to prevent them becoming demented. And so that's the ultimate goal here. So I think, I think it's so important that you are studying, you along with the other colleagues you've mentioned, studying people with Down syndrome um, and thinking about Alzheimer's. In the clinical trials on, that have already gone on on some of the Alzheimer's drugs, would people with Down syndrome have been involved in those trials? They would not have um, for a variety of reasons, um, partly because their Alzheimer's disease is genetically determined. Um, and most of these studies have studied what we call sporadic Alzheimer's disease. There is a trial network called DIAN, which is, stands for Dominantly Inherited Alzheimer's Network which is testing drugs specifically in those rare individuals who have a different mutation in one of the amyloid genes. Um, but that's a very rare group of individuals. Um, Down syndrome represents kind of a third group, right? So you have sporadic Alzheimer's disease, which most of us are at risk for. You have the Diane group, which is this rare dominantly inherited Alzheimer's disease. And then Down syndrome represents a third group. And we wouldn't necessarily assume which is, what is best for one would be best for the other. I think we have to do our own studies in Down syndrome to establish what is the best strategy to help those folks. Okay. And you mentioned earlier age 35. Um, is there a 
upper age two when someone is too old for this study in terms of the age range? Um, in theory, no, but in practice, it's probably going to be age 60. Um, so um, the reason being is that other medical complications may ensue at that point, or the incidence of dementia is simply too high at that level. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, right now, 35 to 55 is the age range which we're targeting for the most part. Okay. And I know you mentioned earlier that Vanderbilt is already ahead in terms of getting the study established and started. Um, and, and I know you can't talk any, about any specific people who have already participated, but what, what have you learned? What are some of the observations with some of the folks and families who have already come in? Yeah, I, I think that I've learned, first of all, that families are very excited about this program. Um, because they want their loved one to be able to continue to maintain independence, to be, uh, to maintain their abilities. I mean, all of us want that for our family members. And uh, many of these young men and women have been very successful in their lives up to this point. And, you know, we all realize that Down syndrome has been such a success in many ways, right? We've, we've managed a lot of the medical problems that used to uh, afflict these folks. And, uh, but we now have to confront this kind of accelerated brain aging that we, we, we are left with. And so I think everyone has now recognized or beginning to recognize that, you know, we're on the cusp of being able to make a real contribution and, and change, the, change the game. Uh, and I think they've been very enthusiastic. I've been pleased to discover that the participants have been very interested. Uh, the men and women themselves, as well as their families, have been very interested in being part of this. They, they enjoy it. Uh, it's novel. It's interesting. Uh, but they're busy people. We've had to work around many of these folks' very busy work schedules and and other kinds of schedules. So it's, uh, it's, we have to be flexible. Yes. You know, what's exciting about that really is, I mean, even 10 years ago, we, we probably wouldn't even been having this kind of conversation about this kind of clinical trial, about this kind of participation by people with Down syndrome. I think it's really been a sea change, Elise. Um, there has been an active uh, biomarker study um, for a number of years now at a collection of different centers, actually not including Vanderbilt, uh, which has helped establish a real basis of knowledge for this. Uh, the University of Wisconsin has been a real leader in this uh, area. Uh, Johns Hopkins uh, has been a leader in this area to help us define what are the risks for older adults with Down syndrome in terms of cognitive impairment and memory loss. Um, and so it's taken decades of work to really define um, and, and understand uh, what older adults are at risk for, and then to begin to feel we're confident enough to get this program going. We also had to convince federal funding agencies that, <clears throat> that this was relevant to their mission. You know, NIA was not a traditional funder. The National Institute on Aging was not necessarily a 
traditional funder of research in Down syndrome, but but they've come on board in the last five years and really have gotten very enthusiastic about helping uh, our older adults with Down syndrome age better. Well, speaking of NIA, I think maybe you've just received some news about some additional expansion of this study. Can you right. share that? <clears throat> right, so thanks to um, a Hobbs grant that the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center helped award us and some other internal funding here at Vanderbilt, we were able to launch a new program here, uh, developing a new pet radio tracer, uh, which is enabling us to see a chemical system in the brain that is affected by Alzheimer's disease and that uh, has never really been looked at in Down syndrome before. And so we are very excited to be able to uh, essentially piggyback onto the original TRAC-DS program, a new program where we can actually image uh, the integrity of this system in our older adults with Down syndrome uh, for the first time. And, and this is a system that is crucial to memory and to um, the ability to uh, pay attention and learn new information. This is called the cholinergic system. And it really forms the basis of currently available Alzheimer's disease treatments. Um, and we're very excited to collaborate with the Vanderbilt uh, University Institute for Imaging Science in developing this radio tracer. We have FDA approval now to do this investigation. Um, and we're, and the NIA has uh, given us informal uh, notice that they will likely approve funding for this, um, as well as the Alzheimer's Association has also expressed keen interest in helping us fund this work in Down syndrome. So we're excited. Congratulations. I know how tough it can be sometimes to find funding. So this really caused cause for celebration. <laughs> so you've, you've partly alluded to this a little bit earlier, but it, it's so exciting. Can you help us think about what the impact of this work will mean, could mean for people with Down syndrome? So the long-term impact is prevention, right? So we understand now that prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? An ounce of prevention. Uh, we don't want to wait until people suffer cognitive impairment and memory loss and loss of ability to take care of themselves. And that's true across the board, right? Not just for Down syndrome, but for everybody. And so the field is moved to the concept of prevention. And so, for example, there is now a very large national and international study called the AHEAD study, which we're, a, we're participating in, led by Dr. Risa Sperling at Harvard. And this is actually taking normal individuals who have high risk for Alzheimer's disease and starting them on a prevention treatment to reduce that amyloid in their brain. <clears throat> I can envision that that will be a similar tactic with our folks with Down syndrome and that the goal will be to prevent this from ever becoming a serious problem for them. <clears throat> wow. We, we, we will have to invite you back as this, as this study and this work continues to keep us updated. That's at, at being a person who has a son with Down syndrome. That's just 
so exciting to hear. Well, we're very excited to join with the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center in, <clears throat> in uh, developing this project and moving this project forward. And we're very grateful for the enthusiastic support of the VKC. Thank you, thank you. Um, I wanna give information on how to make contact, um, but before I do that, is there anything else I haven't asked you about that you, you'd like to add about the study or your work? Well, I mean, one of the biggest things that I always emphasize is that when people are in clinical studies like this, they are our partners. They're not guinea pigs. Guinea pigs don't get to ask whether they wanna be in studies but participants in studies do. <clears throat> and we very much view our participants as our partners uh, in understanding this disease, understanding the risks. And we wanna learn from you and, and your families and your loved ones. And we see this very much as a two-way street. And so that's what's particularly uh, enriching for our work as well as hopefully enriching the lives of the people we work with. Yeah, thank you. I think that is so important. Okay, so if, if you've heard the podcast um, and you want to know how to find out more information or potentially if you are somebody with Down syndrome or have a family member with Down syndrome, there are a couple of ways to connect. You can uh, go to the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center website. That's vkc.vumc.org. You can also go to the website for the overall study. As Paul mentioned, there are multiple sites where the study is going on. That is trcds.org. Or finally, Paul has a wonderful team working um, on this project. And so one of the people you can contact for more information is Amy Bogle. Her email is amy, that's A-M-Y dot R dot Bogle, B-O-E-G-E-L at V-U-M-C dot org. And she can send you information about the project. Um, and so Paul, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing this important news. I know in my previous work with you, you are always so open about sharing information or presenting to family groups or to members about this. And so we so appreciate your being with us here today. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure, Elise. And I look forward to meeting more families uh, and their loved ones that uh, are interested in participating in this very groundbreaking program. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Promise of Discovery. Be sure to visit the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center website at vkc.vumc.org to learn more about today's episode. And tune in next time for more on the innovative research and intellectual and developmental disabilities from the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center.